Hello and welcome to the latest episode of AirMic Talks ESG, where the UK's Risk and Insurance Management Association is joined by thought leaders on how environmental, society and governance trends are impacting our profession and our businesses. In previous episodes of the series, we have been joined by experts from AXA Excel, Aon, Control Risks and Generali to address a wide range of issues concerning ESG and risk and insurance management. But over the next 10 minutes, I'll be joined by Chris Hicken, Vice President and Operations Engineering Manager at FM Global. Chris goes into detail on how risk engineering efforts to mitigate climate events can also complement broader resilience and sustainability initiatives, as well as contributing to reporting requirements. So, Chris, I'd really like to start by diving into what you are seeing as you engage with businesses looking to respond to this much greater focus on ESG. What are the key challenges you see businesses facing? Well, from my perspective as an engineer, the real focus is on climate. It's the E in ESG. Mm. Potentially, there are many threats associated with not addressing climate change for businesses. Potential BI impact or business interruption reputational damage, increased costs of and the environmental impact of a potential rebuild. So many businesses are focusing here. If we take flooding, for example, in recent years, we've had significant flooding in Europe in July 2021. Germany was heavily impacted, but also the Netherlands and Belgium. And then in 2022, we've seen significant flood events in Australia, South Africa, China, and most recently Pakistan. Yeah. So dealing with such climate events is very challenging for businesses today. And obviously, there's a significant connection to their ESG goals with that. We hear about it in the news, of course, and we hear different reports coming out all the time. But kind of what has the science and research shown us about climate risk? I think everybody is pretty comfortable with the statement that climate change is causing more frequent and severe climate events. It's exposing our clients to significant business disruption as a result. So what's interesting for me is that the situation is continuously changing and you, you cannot rely on what we've seen and happened in the past to be, gu- to be a guide for what will happen in the future. Those actuarial models that the insurance industry relies on won't be enough for businesses to remain resilient to climate-related risk, and they include flooding as well. So we're finding that we need to continuously reevaluate flood, particularly based on the latest scientific research and provide updated recommendations to make sure that we can mitigate the risk for our clients. For example, we're one of the most important things we do when our engineers visit insured sites is to develop a accurate flood depth for flood exposures. Therefore, we can tailor the recommendation to mitigate that risk very specifically to the client. It might be protecting core assets inside the building and letting the rest of the building flood, for example, or elevating significant utility equipment rather than building expensive flood walls around the entire periphery of the site. So what else are you seeing maybe outside of flood? What else are you seeing related to ESG? How is the the risk landscape evolving as as it relates particularly to sustainability and, and, and companies' drives towards net zero? Well, we're definitely seeing growing demands from stakeholders for action on ESG. So if we take employees, customers and suppliers, we're seeing um, demands from investors and regulators. So 
to reach ESG goals, many businesses and possibly those of our listeners today will be introducing and utilizing new technology to mitigate their contribution to climate change. This is an essential part of sustainability projects, but obviously it comes with enhanced risks. So what we're seeing specifically is a huge number of projects for PV panels on industrial locations, on roofs. We're seeing wind turbines in locations you wouldn't expect them, in food manufacturing plants, for example. We're having to deal with enhanced and excessive storage of lithium-ion batteries driven by the consumer products market and electric vehicles, for example. And then even the high hazard industrial locations that we visit have been impacted. We're seeing, for example, in the power generation world, a lot of alternative fuels being used, biogas, biofuel, which with that comes with different risks. So obviously challenging environment for risk managers, risk professionals at their organizations. What would your advice be then to risk managers who are facing that kind of challenging environment? Well, from my perspective, the best thing that a risk manager can do and to stay resilient is and whilst also pushing a sustainability agenda within their corporation is to get involved very early on in projects and make sure that risks are considered and mitigated as early on in the project as possible so obviously that includes physical risks to mitigate like fire flood natural hazards equipment breakdown that sort of thing in doing so, take the opportunity to build a relationship with your chief sustainability officer or your sustainability team to make sure that risk management and their partners, like insurers, for example, are seen as facilitators and supporters of sustainability. So then if partners like FM Global can get involved very early on in a project, we can bring experience, research and data to help risk managers find solutions that support a corporation's sustainability goals. So I'm delighted that FM Global has developed a full suite of climate resilience products to help clients understand, mitigate, and engineer out their evolving climate risks. One that's newly launched is the Climate Risk Report, which uses analytics, AI, and machine learning to provide a unique view of a company's exposure to climate risk given their portfolio, their global locations around the world. So this can help prioritise opportunities to improve their climate resilience. We also released the FM Global Resilience Index for 2022. And this, is, this index helps show which countries are more at risk and helps map out supply chain resilience and potential weaknesses in that supply chain. The 2022 release includes two specific ESG drivers in the full suite of 15 that specifically help risk managers understand climate resilience. And then finally, also I'm proud to describe how FM Global is funding a $300 million climate resilience credit for our qualifying clients to help finance projects and climate risk improvement. It's really interesting. Obviously, a lot of the theme you're talking about there is obviously connecting the resilience to the sustainability and almost being kind of seen well obviously very much connected but uh, relating to each other and complementing each other to a degree you mentioned pv panels earlier are there any kind of specific examples you could share about the kind of solutions which can help deliver the sustainability agenda while also ensuring that resilience yeah of course well if you take pv panels specifically we've been carrying out considerable testing on PV panels at our FM Global Research Campus in, in Rhode Island. We will literally fire hailstones at PV panels at terminal velocity to test how that panel reacts to impact. Is it resilient or does it suffer irreparable damage? 
we will set fire to them, we will throw them on the floor, we will put them in wind tunnels to make sure that we determine what works and what doesn't before our clients have to find out the hard way. So I'm pleased that just last month we approved the first PV module system certified against an FM approval so that businesses can now be confident that if they were to select that panel, they're not only remaining resilient, resilient against exposures from severe weather, but also fire as well. And that could be found at the fmglobalapprovalguide.com. So these areas seem to obviously touch on that concept of, of climate resilience, how your organisation impacts the environment and how the environment impacts your organisation. I know there is increasing demand for companies to prove how they are responding to these challenges, particularly as it relates to risks. So the recommendations of the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, TCFD, are, are being embraced around the world, for example. What, what are you seeing in this regard? Kind of what role do you guys have to play? Well, we're seeing lots of requests for data and information to develop this kind of climate-related reporting. So we have another brand new product to assist organizations with doing their TCFD disclosure, and it's called the FM Global Climate Risk Reporting Aid. And it provides a direct link between our climate resilience products I mentioned earlier and, and the TCFD framework itself. So we know climate risk disclosures is an integral component of reporting for ESG from all companies, in, particularly in Europe. So I'm delighted that FM Global can support our clients in, in TCFD reporting using the data that our engineers are already collecting. And are you seeing demands for data insight for use in other ways related to ESG? Uh, yes, we certainly are. We're seeing many businesses facing challenges when making strategic decisions with regards to climate change, but also ESG in mind at the same time. So. As I mentioned, climate change is causing more frequent and severe events. And as a result, the companies that we're working with may be exposed and vulnerable to significant business disruption as a result. So we're fortunate that FM Global's wealth of data is, is unmatched in that regard. So we're best positioned to help clients understand, manage and mitigate their specific property risks, including climate risk to avoid business disruption. So I think what's really fascinating about everything you discussed there, Chris, is that, and I've talked about this previously on, on another episode of Emmett Talks in terms of companies being proactive with the way their company acts to not only have an impact on what their footprint might look like from an ESG perspective, whatever that is, whether it be environmental metrics, social metrics, governance metrics, but then also with that view to reduce their own risk. So it seems like the, the real message that you're getting across is that risk managers can act in a way, particularly if they're partnering with their chief sustainability officer or equivalent they have in the organization to not just have a positive impact, but to actually do their own risk mitigation. Yes, absolutely. The most important thing I can stress is that you're not alone as a risk manager in getting projects delivered yeah. work with your chief sustainability officer pair up as as a partnership to get the capex you need for these resilience projects there's so much overlap when it comes to sustainability that really it's in your corporation's best interest to work together and use partners available uh, around you such as your insurer who has a whole suite of products available and working together you can deliver a, a, an excellent project for the benefit of your corporation <laughs>